Well, good afternoon, Minna Huddle. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to slide this over because I feel like there's nobody over there. There's nobody over there. So I'm going to slide this over. Then I feel like I'm really short, but that's all right because I am. How's everybody doing today? Good? We are landing the plane. One more week. Kevin Bush will be here next week. I'm really excited about that. And so... Uh, it's kind of like we're going up the hill, so to speak, with me, and then we're getting ready to go for a really awesome ride with, with Kevin next week. So uh, I hope you don't mind me speaking today. It's a joy for me to come and be able to share my heart with you and get away from, from my job on my day off. I'm out at Northwestern working today, and I said, hey, i got to go, guys. i got to go, go talk to these men and uh, talk to them a little bit about faith. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before I do, Rick Weed. I just want to say thank you so much for last week sharing your heart with us. Man, uh, a man that has went through uh, a lot. But you put all out on the line last week, and you were real, and you were transparent. And I, so I'm thankful for your heart. I'm thankful for the testimony that you share with us. And I can't go much further because we're going to talk about prayers of faith. And I don't know a better place than to put my, my faith into practice than to pray for Rick right now. Before we go any further, from what he shared with us last week and what he's continuing to battle. But did you notice last week, if you were here, that he did not have the victim mentality? He did not have the woe is me. He did not have the, oh, this is just terrible. No, he said in his talk that, you know what, he's going through some things, but he's going to still give God all the glory for it. And, and I'm appreciative of that. You, man, I, I tell you, if I, if I could envy that, I would envy that just right there. Is because I want that faith. That is what this talk is all about, is faith. And you portrayed that last week, and you demonstrated that. So I just want to lift him up. So guys, if we can, God, we come to you, Father. We're thankful for this day. We're thankful that we can lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. But that's what your word says. And I'm thankful for a man like Rick Weed, who said, you know what? I may be going through a lot, but I'm going to give God glory anyways. And so, Father, I just pray for him. I pray that you would give him peace. I pray that you would give him strength. And I pray that he would not wander, but God, he would look to you. For where his help from comes from is from you, God, the maker of heaven and of earth. And so, God, I'm just thankful for his heart. I ask, God, that you will continue to strengthen him and pour into him. And, Lord, let him be a light for you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ray. Thank you. So this morning we had our own board meeting and Stan asked me a question I was not prepared for. He said, so how many times has it changed? I'm like, what are you talking about, Stan? He goes, your talk, how many times has it changed? I said, well, it really only changed one time. He should have asked me that because as I got to school today, it changed again. <laughs> and then right before I got in my car to come here, I got this text message and it changed again. And so guys, we are going to fly by the seat of our faithful pants. That's what we're going to do. But before we do... My daughter came to me right before we left, right before I left the school, and she's telling me that she was upset about a certain situation. And you know, everybody goes through things. We all go through different things that we're not sometimes happy with, and we complain, and we, you know, we find ourselves griping about things that really, in the grand scheme of things, don't really matter at all. And so it really came to uh, it really came to me when I got this text message. This is from a friend of mine who just shared this with our Bible, uh, our men's. Uh, Bible study group. This is from a friend of his, and it's his, his friend's son. 
This is what he writes. Just when you think you're having a bad day. This is what he says. He says, Eric is the youngest son of our friends. Eric has been battling leukemia for several years. He and his wife have four children ages nine and under. Please join with me in prayer for them. And this is what he says. This is what this, the individual wrote. So I haven't given an update in far too long, and for that I'm sorry. But this one's no fun. This evening my oncologist met with me and my parents, and he told me that my white counts have been steadily raising every day to the point where they are sure I have relapsed. And a relapse at this point isn't something they can treat. Hospice is going to get me home and help me get as comfortable. But sometimes in the next days to weeks, I'll be passing away in my home. I'm very fortunate to spend my last few days to spend at home with my family. They're doing everything they can to control the pain. I'm sorry. I tried my best, but I wasn't able to shake it. I would love to see and hear from anyone in the meantime. I love you all very much, Eric. So my daughter comes to me and she tells me about her her certain situation. And after she did, I said, here, honey, I want you to read this. And then her, her problems weren't really a problem at all. So guys, we all go through things in life, and we're uncertain as to why we go through these things in life. We serve God, we give our life to God, and then all of a sudden these things happen to us. And we're, we're wondering, where are you at, God? Where are you at? I prayed for this, I prayed for that. Why? Did you not hear me? What's going on, God? What's going on? And so this prayers of faith talk that, that Max Licato so eloquently put in his, in his book, I read through that and I thought, okay, maybe my prayers aren't being answered because I don't really have much faith. Those are questions I'm going to have to ask God when I get to heaven, hopefully one day. We're going to have a little talk. We're going to have that come to Jesus meeting, so to speak. You laugh and you think it's funny, but you're all thinking the same thing, right? You're wondering. Really, in all reality, men, we're all on the same playing level. We're all just sinners saved by grace. I'm not better than you, and you're not better than me. God says He's no respecter of persons, and He loves us all the same. And His grace has been for all of us. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. But He gives it to us anyways. So we're all on the same playing field. I don't care how many letters you have behind your name or the titles you have in front of your name. At the end, guys... We're all just sinners saved by grace, trying to get to our heavenly home one day, amen? So the expression, just have faith, it'll all work out, is used by people to encourage and comfort someone facing some serious problems. To be able to say to Eric, hey man, just have faith, it'll all work out. But what faith is, as described in the Bible, and does it really work? Faith, we all know this, faith is the substance of things hoped for, what we have not received. Faith. It's also our evidence of things which have not yet been seen. The invisible spiritual things. Faith comes before prayer is answered or before an individual has received what he or she has requested from God. If we have received what we asked for, then faith is really not needed. If we get what we want every time and we know we're going to get what we want before we ask it, then really is faith needed? An example of this definition is found in Matthew 9 where two blind men come to Jesus and they ask Him to heal them. And Jesus asks first the question, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And their answer was yes. Yes, Lord. 
So he touched their eyes and he says, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. So their faith and assurance that Jesus could give them sight was the substance or the reality they hoped for. It also gave them the evidence or the trust that they would receive what they asked for. They believed that it was and they had faith in advance that it would be done. Then I think about this. The three young Jewish men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know the story. These were men of God, true warriors for Christ. And they go before the king, and the king says, hey, if you're not going to bow down before me, then we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And by the way, we've lit it up a lot hotter than it's ever been before. And they said, that's okay, king. We know that who the God that we serve. And the God that we serve, he's going to deliver us. He's going to deliver us from that fiery furnace. But it doesn't stop there. They go on to say, but. Everybody say, but. But. But if he doesn't deliver us from the fiery furnace, we will still not bow down. We will serve our God and our God alone. And so that, man, I think is the faith that he is wanting us to have. That kind of faith. That no matter what the situation may be, we know whom the God that we serve. He's going to get us through our trials and temptations. He's going to get us through those things. But guess what? If he doesn't, if by chance he does not, I have the faith that I will not disappoint my God and I will serve him and serve him alone. That's the kind of faith, men, that he's wanting us to have. That's my God. Real faith, men, is more than just believing in God alone. It includes acting on that faith in one's life by serving God and obeying His commandments. Now here's where it gets tricky. We all can read the book, the Bible. We can all go to church and hear the sermons. And we can jot down our notes. And we can write these things down and we can have them in our brains. We can even have them in our hearts and we can know what reality is and we can know who God really is. But until we act on those things... We're no better than the devil himself. You say, well, why would you say something like that, Justin? It's because of grace we've been saved through faith and not because of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not works. Let anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, and as Christians, we must be striving to live by faith. Belief in God demonstrated by good works according to his laws and commandments. If we simply believe in Jesus Christ, believe that God exists and believe that he is the creator, we're on the same level of belief as the devil himself. Does the devil not believe in God? Does the devil not believe that God created the heavens and the earth? Does the devil not believe that Jesus Christ was God's own son? Yes. Yes, he does. But here, here's where it is. But if our belief in these things inspire us to be obedient to God and it changes the way that we live our life, then we truly have faith and will be considered faithful if we consistently increase and grow in our relationship with God. So how has faith increased? I'm glad you asked. Faith is increased by drawing closer to God through prayer and the study of God's word, the Bible. Paul told the Philippians to be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
So the difference is knowing and doing. The difference is knowing and doing. We can come to huddle every week. And we can take notes. We can have table discussions. But men, if we go out there and we don't live any different than they do out there, then who, we, who are we really? Are we really being real? Are we are who we say that we are? Because actions, guys, you know this, they speak louder than words. Jesus even said, hey, you can pray like the Pharisees. You can talk the talk. You can use big words. I don't know big words. You can use those big, elegant words. Oh, my Father, how much I love Thee. But yet my heart is so far from You. So what am I? I'm nothing but a hypocrite. And man, I challenge you this day this. If there's any time that a man should live by faith and walk by faith and live out his faith, it's now. It is right now. It is time for men with bold faith to rise up in the world that they live in and declare who the God that they serve. My God is alive. My God is alive and he loves me and he loves you. And even though you may lack some faith, because guess what, guys? I lack faith too. We all lack faith. So how can we grow in our faith? How can we demonstrate our faith better? Well, it would really begin with by going back to the good B-I-B-L-E. You want to get close to God? You want to get to know who He really is? Then study His Word. I guarantee you this, guys. If I really want to know my wife, I'm going to listen to what she says. Not just hear what she says, but I'm going to listen to what she says. I'm going to pick up on the subtle little hints that she throws my way that I tend to ignore. I'm going to pick up on the little things that really mean a lot to her that sometimes I can go, really? Seriously? That's really what you're upset about? Come on. And if she was here, she would say the same thing. She would say that I would say that. So I'm not saying anything to you that I wouldn't say in front of her. But if I really want to know her, I would study her. I would pick up on the little pieces of clothing that, you know, she picks out in the store. I like this. Instead, I have to tell, hey, send me a picture so I won't forget. So that way I know. Or I have to write things down. God is no different. Why do we treat him any different? If I want to know him, then I need to study him. And if I want to study him, I'm going to study his word. And I want that relationship to grow. I want that relationship to be alive. I don't want it to be stagnant. I don't want it to get stinky and smelly and be gross. No, I want it to be alive. I want it to be fibrant. And I want it to be growing in Him daily and daily and daily. He says, you must pick up your cross daily and follow after me. So it's a, it's a process. It's not something that we just, we have arrived. Well, my faith is better than your faith. Really? How is your faith any better than my faith? Because I went to huddle. Okay. Then we've got to start walking the walk Amen. if we're going to talk the talk. Real men of faith will strive to live a life of faith and not just talk about it. So is our prayer life of prayer life of faith or routine? I'm a creature of habit. I like to do things pretty much the same way every single time. I know my routes. 
and I don't vary from those routes very often. I have a routine in the morning, and if I don't lay my stuff out just right, yesterday, I didn't lay my, I rearranged my dresser. I have a process. I'm getting off my topic, but I have a process and how I get dressed because I have to wear so much stuff. And my process got messed up because my wife wanted to change dressers. So I changed dressers. Well, that, that had me move my things around into different order. And so yesterday, I get to work. And you ever get to work and you feel naked? You feel like you forgot something? Well, thankfully, I didn't forget my gun. But I did forget my knife. And it caused me to walk a little differently. Oh, man, I didn't even think it was going to go here. But we're going to go there. It caused me to walk a little differently. My little knife sticks out in this pocket right here. And I didn't feel it rubbing up against the side of my leg. And I thought, well, something is wrong. Something is just not right. So I begin to feel around, and all of a sudden I felt, I left my knife at home. I left my knife at home. It caused me to walk a little differently. Maybe in your faith walk, you walk a little differently if you didn't wake up and you didn't read God's word that morning to get you going. Maybe you'll walk a little differently. you feel a little differently. I hope you would. And I hope it would bring you back to a place where you say, you know what, God, I did spend time with you this morning. So I walked a little differently. And man, it didn't feel right. It was a little uncomfortable. I didn't really like it. So God, I'm going to get back in your word. And I'm going to find out what you said about me today. And I can guarantee you this. It's going to cause me to walk a little differently. It's going to cause me to feel a little bit better. So but are we living a life? Our prayer life, is it a prayer life out of, out of routine or a faith? So I looked up the word rely. Rely means to depend on with full trust or confidence. Rely means to depend on with full trust or confidence. See, Mac, I thought of you when I, said, when I, when I came up with this. Believe it or not, God inspired me and you, you, you came to mind. Because I know you like the, you know, you, you like words and maybe like a, a like a, a rap every now and then. Okay, so I thought of you. Get this, get this. I don't come up with this stuff very often, but man, I thought it was good. Rely means to depend on, or full trust or confidence. So are we depending, or are we pretending? Are we depending on God, or are we just pretending? To live a life of God. Mm. I thought it was good. That's why I wrote it down. James says to rely and be real. Supporting one another. That's what James says. To rely and be real. If there is anything I want pinned on my tombstone is that he was real. I don't try to be somebody that I'm not. I'm not 6'5", like Stan Reber. And I don't try to be. I'm me. And I'm confident in that. Because that's who God made me. Amen. And He didn't make me to be somebody else. He just made me to be me. To be real. To rely on Him and to be real. And that's what I'm being with you today. Is I'm being real. And I think that's what God wants us out of more than anything. It's just to be real people. Real people. But it didn't stop there, but to support one another. To support one another. And you know what that requires, men? That requires leaving your ego at home. Or leaving your ego somewhere where you can't get to it. If there's an issue with men today, it's egos. Well, if you didn't come up with the idea that ain't good as, it's not good as mine, it's my idea. And I'm better than you. 
I work out, I'm stronger than you, I'm taller than you, or whatever the case may be. Are we supporting one another? Well, and I'm not going to get off on this, but let me tell you this. God doesn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. God doesn't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian. God doesn't care. But who does care? We care. If I'm going to be real with you, we care. Deep down inside of us is something that we just can't let go. And it's an ego. It's an ego. Now, we can all agree to disagree on certain things. But the minute that we can't say, brother, I can't love you anymore because of how you think. <laughs> That's where we go wrong. Are we supporting one another with that? Not at all. You wonder where divide comes from? You want to know where anger comes from? Bitterness, rage, hatred? That's where it comes from. So are we relying on God? Are we being real? And it's been, are we supporting one another? Those are tough questions. Tough questions. James says to be real, rely, support one another. Are we being real and relying? Get this, C-Mac. Are we being real and relying? Or are we pretending and dying? Or are we trying? Or are we trying? We're not perfect. There's only one that was perfect. And guess what? I ain't him and you ain't him. But what we can do is we can live a life that longs to be like him. And we can love each other just as he loves us. And quit categorizing the wrongs in people's lives. Well, that one wasn't as bad as that one. So I can love you a little bit more. Folks, I want to say at the end of the day, sin is sin. I don't care how you look at it. Sin is sin. Period. I'll save that for another day. But we got to be real, man. We've got to be real. Enough coming in here and acting like we're all... Bibled up, prayed up, and ready to go out and conquer the world. And as soon as we step out here onto this street and someone crosses our path that we don't like, we turn our backs to them and say, I got nothing to do with you. You are hurting the cause and not helping the cause. And I say that to myself as well. I say that to myself as well. So I'm going to land this plane. So as many of you know, you obviously know what I do. Six years ago was a very, very tragic time for us. March 20th, 2016. I can remember exactly what I was doing when I received word that my friends had been shot. I drove out to the, I drove out to the scene. I don't know if I've ever said this. I don't know if I've ever told the story before in a public setting like this. But I wanted to be real with you. I drove out to the scene of Rusherville with my friend Carl. I opened up the door, and there was my friend Carl laying lifeless in the ambulance. I looked at the paramedic with this disbelief in my face, like this is not happening. This is not happening. 
This is something that you see in a movie, not here in Kokomo, Indiana, and not to him. I looked at him, and I could not take my eyes off of him. His lifeless body laying there. I looked at the paramedic, and she says, just go. Go. So I jumped in my car as quick as I could, and I drove from Rushville, or I drove from Rushville to Community Howard. What was supposed to be behind me was this ambulance. Well, I realized then it couldn't keep up with me. I was driving so fast. <laughs> I get to the hospital, and as I get to the hospital, they're preparing the room. The doctors are there. Dr. Blaine Farley, I have much respect for that man. Fast forward about 10 minutes later, they bring his body into the hospital room. <clears throat> they put him on the bed, and they begin to work fearlessly. I never left his side. Not once. I don't say this to brag on anything that I'm doing or anything I'm saying, but this is where my faith really had to kick in. Because this is life, life or death. So as Carl's laying there, they're working on him, they're trying to stop the bleeding, they're doing everything that they can. And I am literally at his side, and I have a hold of his hand and his, and his shoulder, and I am screaming at him. I mean, I'm literally yelling at him, Carl, you've got to fight. You've got to fight now. If there is ever a time to fight, it is right now. Everything that you've led your life for, this is the time, right now. You can't give up. You can't stop. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. I kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I look around periodically at the nurses and the doctors, and they're working so tirelessly, trying to do what they can for him. And I look over at Dr. Farley, and he's, he's standing there, and he's looking at the monitor. And there's just this calm, like, it seemed like eternity. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, oh, come on, Doug. We're going to give it up now. We're going to fight. We're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to fight. At the same time, I'm yelling at Carl to fight. I am screaming out to God. God, why is this happening? Why is my friend having to suffer for this? What is going on? God, you've got to pull through. Pull through bigger than ever. Stronger than ever. Now, if there's ever a time, God, that I need you, it is right now, this very minute. Show me something. Give me something, God. Something to hold on to. Something. Bring my friend out of this. This is not his fault. This is not his fault. And Dr. Farley, he's looking around, and he kind of just looks down at me. And I look up at him, and there's just this, like, and all of a sudden he goes, no, we are not stopping. Let's go. And he starts to pick up the pace. Start to pick up the pace. And just when I thought that it was over. And guys, I've seen many things. I've seen a lot of death. I've seen a lot of tragedy that no one ever needs to see and wish I could unsee. But I looked at my friend who was looking straight up at this light that was right over the top of him. And I see his eyes start to move back and forth. I thought, God, come on, you're bigger than this. I see it, I see it, I see it. Now bring him through. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And we continued just to have this conversation. And a friend of mine came into the room and he tried to pull me out. And if I was ever a time where I was more angry and more resisting, it was that time. I yanked my heart away from him. And I said, I will not leave his side. I will not leave his side. 
I continue to pray. Continue to press on. Continue to pray. Continue to press on. His wife gets there. You want to talk about a heartbreaking scene? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. But I watched as he opened up his eyes. And I watched as he turned to her. And I watched as he blinked at her a couple times. And I watched her talk to him. And I won't say what she told him. And then his mom came in. And he looked back over his mom. And he blinks a couple times. And then she leaves. And then they got him stable enough where they were able to get him to Indianapolis. Unfortunately, you know the rest of the story. He didn't survive that. God, why did you bring him so far? Why did you bring him so far? But yet now, he's not here. Questions that I had. Questions that I struggled. And then I began to struggle with, was I real to him when he was coherent, when he could hear me, when he could see me? Did we talk about Jesus? Did we talk about living a life of faith? Or was I just living the routine? The day of his funeral. The day of his funeral. Nine days after he passed. The day of his funeral, we were talking to a woman who I had no idea who she was. We're out in the parking lot of Northwestern and she comes up to us and we were talking. And I said, you know, I just struggling. This is a day that I never wanted to have. And she said, me too, Justin. She said, but did Carl ever talk to you about God? And I said, you know, we had talked about it in passing, but nothing like really, I wasn't confident that he had a relationship with him. And I blame that on me because we worked every day together for two years. And she said, well, you know what? She said, we did. We had a conversation. And she talked, he talked about God an awful lot. I said, really? She goes, yeah. He had a relationship with God. He sure did. I said, are you being serious? I said, because for nine days I have struggled with the fact that I share my faith enough. Was I living it or was I just talking about it? And she said, no. She said, he told me that he accepted Christ into his life. In that very moment, I felt such peace. Maybe God didn't answer my prayer about healing my friend right then and there. A miracle did take place right then and there when I was screaming and yelling and booing and crying and probably had the most faithful prayer I could probably ever have to this day. But he answered the prayer that we all pray. And now one day I'm going to be able to see my friend in heaven. Amen. Amen. So then I say this to you. When you're living your life of faith, you don't ever really know how that's going to impact someone until maybe it's after, until it's over. That's true. I was reassured that day that God does hear all of our prayers. It may not happen when we want them to happen, but it's His perfect and divine will. It's His timing. Not ours. That's where the reliance comes in. That's where the faith comes in. God answers prayer. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he, you know, picks and chooses or whatever. I don't know. 
but he does. I do know that he is faithful. And he changes the man by changing his mind. He changes the man by changing his mind. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. To behold Him is to be like Him. To behold Him is to be like Him. As Christ dominates your thoughts, He changes you from one degree of glory to another. So men, what we have to do is we have to set our mind on things above and not on things of this earth. I love what He says to the Ephesians, and I'm wrapping up with this. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 40 says, Do do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Men, faith. Faith. Where is your faith today? Not just here, but here. And not just in here, but out there. The world is looking to us for an answer. The world is looking to us For there to be a difference. The world is looking for a peculiar people. Guess who we are? We are that peculiar people. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood of men who God is wanting to rise up and say, you know what? There is one that I serve who has been with me through the thick and the thin. He may not have answered every prayer that I have asked. But guess what? He is faithful and he loves you just as much as he loves me. He's no respecter. Let me tell you about my Jesus. So men, I'd like for you to stand with me. As Jesus was teaching his disciples about prayer, his disciples were like many of us, dumb. I don't say that to insult you, but sometimes Jesus just had to say it. He couldn't just draw it out. He had to say it. And so I want you to say it with me. There is no better prayer, in my opinion, than the Lord's Prayer. And it's no better because it was the Lord Himself who prayed it. So men, with our voices, with our manly of faith voices, I want us to pray this prayer to God. And I want you to mean it with all of your heart. 
I don't want it to be routine. I don't want it just to be pretend. But I want you to rely. I want you to rely on Him with everything that you got. Because, men, that's all we got. Isn't that right, Rick Weed? Yes, that's all we got. Is our reliance and our faith in Him. So let's lift them up. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. And so God, today we lift you up. We lift you up, Lord, because you are God Almighty. You are worthy. And we praise your name. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives and what you're going to continue to do in our lives. Because we are men of faith. We're not just going to talk about it, but we're going to let people know about it by showing them that we are men of faith. We're going to love in our hearts. And we're going to let our opinions not matter or be important. If it doesn't line up with you and it doesn't line up with what you want us to do, God, it's not really that important. So forgive us, O Lord, for having egos. Forgive us, Lord, for having pride because we know where that leads. Oh God, I pray that you will humble our hearts and I pray that we would be men that want to be more like you, that want to love like you, that want to forgive like you, that want to give grace like you. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but you give it to us anyway. Oh God, can we have a mind like that? So heal our hearts today, God, as we go before you, as we go into this world, God. We thank you. We thank you for this life that we have, a victorious life. For one day, one day I pray that you will look at all of us and you will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Welcome. The kingdom of heaven is yours. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, men.